Good morning, everybody. I love you. In, in the event nobody has told you yet this week, since it's early in the week, let me be the, maybe the first one to tell you I love you, each and every one of you. I'm glad you're here, uh, whether it's your first time, uh, whether it's your 900th. I don't think we've had 900 services, but you all know what I mean. Uh, I just want to make sure that uh, you know that you are loved, and most of all, he loves you, and uh, unconditionally. And uh, I'm excited, man. We've got, we got almost 400 homes that we get to love on and welcome to the neighborhood. Uh, not just welcome them to the neighborhood, but let them know that, that we're here, that we get together. And they can get together with their neighbors and their friends and meet neighbors and meet friends and worship the Lord together. Uh, the, the bags are really cool. They've got, um, they've got our church logo on them and they've, they've got a gathering coffee cup. It's cool. We got coffee cups now. That's really cool, man. I'm excited. We got coffee cups. And, uh, uh, well, Paul, it can be a teacup if you want. You, know, you don't have to put coffee in it. You can put tea in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, then we've got, uh, uh, like, you know, things that, you know, a notepad and, and a pen, all of which has church on it and, 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 a, and a welcome card and all that stuff. So just a little gift bag for these folks. To let them know, and not only that, we get to play Ding Dong Ditch, since it's not like the back when we were able to do cookie drops where we could ring the doorbell, welcome them, and interact with them. I always like doing that, but uh, with, with COVID and us just trying to stay safe and keep them safe, then we get to, you know, ding dong, and you know, kind of run off or whatever, and, and, but leave a, leave a present, so hopefully it won't be near as annoying as, uh, as Ding Dong Ditch. The, the, um, uh, I'm assuming everybody survived well since you're here. And those of you who are watching via the live stream, we love you. Uh, we hope you're being safe and uh, hope you can feel the presence of God. The presence of God was very much here during praise and worship today. And uh, folks were just lifting up his name. But I, I'm assuming everyone made it through Snowmageddon. And uh, I know here in the neighborhood we were blessed. Most of us had power. I think there was just a little patch of homes on Blue Lake that maybe didn't uh, uh, have power. But uh, for the most part, I think the majority of us had power, and some of us even took in some refugees. I had a bunch of my family come stay over, and I was, I was just blessed that I was able to, to kind of help out with that situation. And uh, so we, we were, you know, stepping over people and all that type of stuff, but, but we all did good. No, there was no fatalities at the Dave Cave. The family got along, no drama. So praise God with that. Uh, and then on top, I'm grateful to be here in the LECC today. Number one, I missed all of y'all last week. Now, me and Ryan had church at my house, and, and hopefully y'all tuned into the live stream. Uh, if you did, you actually got to see uh, Bob and Carrie Kimball come walk. It's not every day you have a miracle come walking into your front door, you know, right in the middle of praise and worship. So that was fun. Uh, but, but I miss seeing all you guys. And uh, Ryan's good company, but I mean, I miss the rest of you guys. And, and uh, uh, so I was glad we weren't sure if we were going to get to be here today because we actually had a couple of broken pipes here in the LECC and there was no water for a while. So praise God that uh, they were able to get to a plumber quick. And uh, speaking of, man, I picked the wrong month not to go get certified to be a plumber. Because, <laughs> man, if, if, you are, if you're here today and you're a plumber, I'm going to come eat at your house because you're going to be eating good for a while, man. Plumbers are about the bank and repair guys, drywall guys, all that. While we, were, while we were all huddled around shivering, they were over there. This is what plumbers were doing. They were, they, were, they were getting ready. So, hey, you got to take blessings how they come. 
you know, God will take a, a rough situation and, and turn it into a blessing for some folk. Uh, and it was cold. Any, anybody, when was it, 1983, 1984, last time we had some of those temperatures here in North Texas? Is, any of you guys, were y'all around back then? I can tell you exactly what I was doing during that time period. I remember that as a kid. Uh, it's, you know it's cold. I, I think DFW Airport, someone help me. I think, if I remember right, did I see that they registered like negative two, negative four, or something like that one morning? Negative two, negative two degrees in North Texas. Some of y'all that are from up north, I know that's no big deal, but here that is, that's a big deal. We're not, our, we got thin blood down here to accommodate the, the hot summers. You know it's cold. Ryan, it is cold when you walk outside. I, went, I was going to walk outside and take a picture of the Dave Cave in the snow, right? So that's going to be neat because I don't always see the Dave cave in the snow. I was going to walk outside. I stepped out on my front porch. You know it's cold when you, as soon as you step outside, your shoulders try to touch your ears. You know, whoo, you know, I decided I didn't need that picture near as bad. I went back inside. So I, I'm sure it looks beautiful. So forget that, man. Whoo, it was cold, but I'm glad Boy, it feels like a tropical island out there to me right now. <laughs> it's, it feels wonderful out there. Man, if I had stepped out before service, spent a little time with the Lord. Uh, if, you're, if, uh, if you're watching today, uh, man, we miss you. We love you. I know we got some guys that are out of town. I want you to be safe with your travels. Uh, some of you are home. You're, you're taking care of family. Uh, we want you to be safe, and we're praying for your family and the health of your loved ones. And... Uh, and some of y'all, some of y'all just trying to recoup from this last week. But uh, whatever the case may be, uh, we miss you, but we love you. And uh, I'll be glad, like I say it every week, but I, I'll be glad to get on the other side of all this COVID mess and whatnot. And when we do, we're going to have a big old shindig. I, we are going to have the potluck to end all potlucks, right? And there's, I'm going to be a hug dealer. I'm just going to be hugging everyone. Everyone, everything, if I see a plant, I'm going to hug it. I'm going to be hugging trees, hugging your cars. I'm going to be hugging the thief that's running around trying to break into our cars. Man, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, and, and probably maybe even take them a plate. Say, look, I know you're hungry. That's why you're breaking into these cars, man. So, uh, but, but yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna celebrate when that time comes. But in the meantime, we're going to make do and still celebrate in the Lord. He's worthy to be celebrated. Uh, we're going to read today from Revelation chapter 2. I'm building on top of last week's sermon about first love. It's Valentine's uh, month, right? It's um, February. Folks start concentrating on love and all the decorations and all that good stuff. So we're, we're going to talk about our first love. And so we're going to hop back into Revelation chapter 2, reading from the Passion Translation. It's February, Ryan. i got to read from the Passion Translation, right? Because it's February. Uh, Revelation chapter 2, starting with verse 2, this is John the Revelator having a vision on the Isle of Patmos when he was exiled. He's in a cave, and he sees a vision as if he's inside the temple, and, he's, and there were seven lampstands, and behind the lampstand he saw Christ, who was holding seven stars in his hands. Those stars represented the seven angels of the seven lampstands, and the seven lampstands represented uh, seven churches, the seven main churches that was in uh, the known world at the time. And uh, so, so Christ had a message for each one of those churches. Well, the church at Ephesus 
That's where Paul wrote uh, the book of Ephesians was for the church at Ephesus. Well, he, Christ addresses in this vision the church at Ephesus, and this is what he says. Starts out a wonderful resume. Verse 2, I know all that you've done for me. You have worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. Lord, help us not to tolerate evil. Help us teach us, and that's my prayer for all of us. Look, we love each other. We, we, we live amongst each other. We're, we're neighbors. We're, you know, we, we gather together for our kids' birthday parties or for get-togethers and soirees, all that stuff. Lord, give us peace to, to help hold each other accountable, to, to walk, walk the line, to, to live what the Word of God has to say, and help us know how to articulate it, help us know how to receive it. And that's, that's what Jesus was saying. Hey, I know, I know what you've done for me and how hard you've worked and how hard you've persevered for your church. And you don't tolerate evil. You hold each other accountable. You just don't, you're not letting each other get away with just living any old way. You're, you're, you're keeping, keeping tabs on each other in a good way, right? He says, you, you have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved they are not for their imposters. Man, they, they, they vet people out with just because somebody showed up and claimed to be a preacher and an establisher of this and that. They said, wait a minute, let's just check you out. Let's make sure, you know, we just don't want anyone coming in here trying to make any kind of ministry work or anything. So all that's good stuff. He says, I also know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name. And, and uh, the, man, Christians were being scattered and persecuted and put to death uh, you know, we, we sit there and whine about, oh, 2020 was a horrible year. Thank God for 2021. Now, you know, I saw someone, someone posted online a meme that said, you know, 2020, the year of hell. 2021, the year it froze over. You know, I'm like, people, come on, man. How about some positivity going on here? And I'm thinking, you know, 2020 was just a hideous year. Why don't we go talk to some of the early Christians and let them tell us what they think about 2020? You know, they're being scattered and put to death. Or let's, hey, let's bring a Holocaust survivor in here and let them give us a synopsis about 2020, you know, uh, all things in perspective. And so, so he's like, look, I know you guys have been taking a beating for me. You guys have endured hardship. You guys have gone through trials. Hey, we got some families in this church that have gone through quite a bit over the last two years. And, and, and yet you haven't, you haven't become discouraged. He's saying you, you've, you've kept the faith. You keep going. That's awesome. That's wonderful. So, man, it sounds like the church of Ephesus is doing pretty good. But look at verse 4. He says, oh, am, am I, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. I also know how you bravely endured trials and persecution. I'm sorry. I've fallen, on, fallen down on my job of switching slides here. But I have this against you, he says. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. The King James says, you, you've left your first love. You're doing some great work, but I'm holding this against you. You forgot about me. You don't love me the way you used to love me. You don't crave me the way you used to crave me. Everything else has become more important. He goes on to say, think of how far you have fallen. Repent. The word repent means to do an about face, to go a different direction. It also means to think and then think again about what you just thought about. In other words, rethink some things. You need to rethink what you're doing. He says, and do the works of love you did at 
first. I said, man, you got so much good stuff going on, church at Ephesus. You got great stuff going on. You're working hard. I see that. You're doing some things right. But in the end, I really don't give, give a hill of beans about any of it. Because you forgot about me. Your first love. Everything you were doing was supposed to be about me. And not only that, why don't you lay down some of the stuff you're doing and get back to doing what you originally were doing, which was acts of love. You know, I, I think if there's a state of, of the Western church that the, if the Lord could say something, I think it would be very similar. You know, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm not throwing shade at anyone, at any of us, at any other church. But I honestly don't know if God is all that impressed with how fancy our buildings become. How great our praise teams play skillfully. Because I think sometimes we put so much emphasis on what we do as a church. Hey, look what we're doing. Look who we got coming to speak today. Guess who our guest our singer is today. Hey, look at our new building. Look at this, man. We got the, we got the latest, greatest light show. We got... We got, man, we, we, uh, can't, can't have praise and worship today. Our fog machine broke. <laughs> kind of ruined praise and worship or whatever. You know, hey, how about this? You know, the, the, back, in, back in the Old Testament, uh, uh, King Solomon, when he dedicated the temple, they didn't even need a fog machine. The praise and worship was so intense, and the glory of God appeared so much, it became a fog. The glory of God became a cloud, and the, the priests couldn't even do their work. And it was so thick, it caused structural shifting in, in the, whole, the whole temple. Now, I'm not, please don't get me wrong, I'm not going off about, you know, hey, look, there's it, nothing wrong with having great buildings and, and, and decorating them nice and, and nothing wrong with helping to set some ambient mood and all that and if, if lights and, and all that type of stuff help here and there. Or those who prefer more traditional, uh, you know, uh, and by traditional, it's funny, it's not even, you know, New Testament per se, but it's just traditional for us you know, in, in the West. Uh, you know, a traditional look for a cathedral or whatever. All that's well and good. But the problem is, I think, I think the church by and large, we have forgotten our first love. That at the root of everything, this is all about Jesus. This isn't about, well, hey, I, I showed up to church today. That's good, right? That ought to get me some points. I actually had someone tell me that the other year. They said, hey, you know, my husband and I, we decided we're going to start coming to church. Well, you know, because I was like, hey, it's, it's great there. I saw him at the pool that summer. I said, man, it's been great to see you guys in service. Yeah, we, we made a decision. We're going to start coming to church at least twice a month because that ought to get us at least some good points with the big guy upstairs, right? And I was like, man, th you, you think God's love is contingent on whether or not you show up to church or not? Man, he longs for you. <laughs> and if church is the only time you're connecting with him, man, this, this is just supposed to be a pep rally, you know? To get you charged up for the week, the real work and the real uh, intimacy with, with the Lord takes place all through the week. Is he your first love? The Bible says, trust in the Lord. Trust him. Why? Because don't trust in anything else, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Everything you do, put him first. Everything you do. Put him first. When you wake up in the morning, let him be the first. Before you say good morning to your spouse, let him be the first one you say good morning to. When you get up in, the, in all your way, everything in your ways, I, I double dog dare somebody to ask him, hey, what do you want me to wear today, Lord? 
He'll tell you. What should I eat today? He'll let you know. Do you know the Lord will talk to you about what you eat? Man, he talked to me all this week. I'm telling y'all, y'all pray for pastor. Hey, look, I'm still on my weight loss journey. And weight loss, I wish it was like this, right? But it's usually like this, <laughs> right? And, and uh, I'm, so I was telling the men's group yesterday uh, when we, we met for Bible study. You know, I, I said, seriously, I, I wish I had just as much victory over food as I have over cocaine, you know? My, I had a whole family of people that came in with good munchies this last week. Now, if they would have brought in cocaine, it wouldn't have tempted me one bit. I would have been, get that stuff out of my house. But instead, they bring in good munchies. Man, I start sweating <laughs> and partaking. And the Lord said, hey, you know, you don't have to eat that. I know I don't have to. <laughs> but he was talking to me about it. The Lord, why? If you put him first, if you make him your first love in all your ways, and it, it goes to this if he is your first love, return to your first love, that means you love and trust him above everything else. He is your source of faith, not your job, not your, not your family, not your status, not what title you have not your reputation within the community. He is your source of faith. And faith really, really whittles down to this. Do you trust him? Now, now, I preach about faith a lot. I've learned to walk in faith these last 21 months like I've never walked in faith before. And part of faith is having things that you would desire and, and things that you would want and going to him and believing him for it and seeing a situation in your life and believing that he's going to work it out. And, and oftentimes we take our concept to him and say, Lord, I want you to work this out. And we have a way in our mind that we want him to work it out. And there's nothing wrong with even praying about it. But, but at the end of the day, faith is this. I trust you even if you don't work it out the way I thought you were going to, I still trust you. I may not like it at the moment. I may not be having fun with it at the moment. But ultimately, I trust you because you're my first love. It's all about you. Yeah, you know, we just sing the song, I Surrender. And, and I love it. In, in men's group, we talked about this yesterday. You know, it, oftentimes we interpret it as I submit. But I surrender goes even further. You know, you submit to your teacher. When you were a kid and you were in class, well, you submitted to your teacher, didn't you? The teacher was in there, and then all of a sudden the teacher has to walk out of the room. What do you start doing? All of a sudden people start throwing stuff. People start talking, passing notes. Teacher comes back in. What do you do? You submit. Well, you submit because, you, because there's pressure there. There's consequence. Surrender... You just give it up. Surrender. I've heard Paul preach about this. Surrender. When, when you surrender to him, you lose your rights. You don't have rights. But the Bible said that he who loses his life gains it. They find it. All of a sudden, you, you find out you have a wealth of rights in the kingdom. But you can't get to that wealth of rights until you lose your rights or you surrender. You just give it up. That's That's trust. That's faith. That's first love. Oftentimes we say, Lord, I need you to move in this situation. I'm going to hand it to you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really handing this to you. No, hang on, hang on. No, I'm handing it. No, I really want you to move it. You know, and we keep dragging it back down, right? Yeah. Trust is, I need you to move in this situation. Yeah. 
I don't know how you're going to do it. You may not even do it the way I want. Man, I trust you. I trust you because you're going to do what's best for me, and your ways are above my ways. That's trust. Now, the next thing he said was not just to return to your first love and just have faith in him, but the next thing was do the works of love that we did at first. And that's what I want to focus on today is the works of love. Do the works of love that we did at first. If I am your first love, if you trust me, if you have faith in me, then you're going to do the right thing. And you're going to do, do the works of love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, Let everything you do be done in love. And the thing about love is it gives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When you love him more than anything else, you give everything you have. You give your time, you give your thoughts, your resources, your energy, your love, your, your commitment, your dedication. You give. And you don't give to yourself. You start bearing fruit. Fruit, fruit is for other people. Trees don't get to eat the fruit. We get to eat the fruit, right? And it's, it's, it's imperative. You know, James chapter 2, verse 20 the men, those of you that have been at the, the Bible study, you'll know this. The, the traditional way is faith without works is dead. I love how the Passion Translation says it here. Oh, feeble sons of Adam, do you need further evidence that faith divorced from good works is phony? Woo! Man, that'll preach. You know what the Holy Ghost is saying? If you're trying to say that you trust Christ, yet you're not acting like you do, that's fake news. He goes all Donald Trump on you there. Fake news. Man, that, that convicts me. That convicts me. That means the Holy Spirit can move up and down our pews and our chairs and churches all across America and all over the world where people profess to have faith. Oh, I believe in Christ. I trust God. And the Holy Spirit's walking around going, phony, fake, fake, fake news. Nope. Nope, not real. Nope. Why? Because how many of us don't bear fruit in our life? How many of us don't allow the good work? You can't have faith without good works. Not just good works and obedience to the word of God, but good works by extending love and blessings to others. Woo, I love the Lord. I love him. I love him. I have so much faith in him. I trust the word of God. How many of your neighbors do you know? I never talk to my neighbors. What? If he's so good, get to know your neighbors. Invite them over. Connect with them. Why? Because you, you need to do some works of love. Because you can't have faith without action. Why? Because it's fake news. You know? Oh, I love the Lord. I trust him. I know he's going to move in my life. Oh, but I'm so stressed out because he hasn't moved in my life yet. What? <laughs> what are you stressed out? If, if you trust him, be anxious for nothing. Yeah. Fear not. Be free from all that stuff. Be free from anxiety. Be free from stress. 
Why? Because, man, I trust him. I trust him. Right? That's good preaching. I don't care what all they're saying. I don't know what they're telling you, but I'm telling you, that's good preaching. Now I'm preaching to myself on that, okay? So can I preach to myself? Anyway, are y'all still with me? <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. I got one amen corner over there. Say, oh, I trust the Bible. How many people, you, look, I'm not, okay, yeah, I'm pointing the finger at somebody. I don't know. Holy Ghost knows who I'm pointing the finger at. I don't know who I'm pointing the finger at. I trust the Word of God. Boy, the Bible. I trust the Word of God. No, you don't. You've never read it. You pick and choose what scriptures. You've read a devotional. You read a book that another preacher wrote about the Bible. You let the preachers get up and give you their interpretation of the Bible. But if you're going to say you trust a book, how can you trust a book you never read? Look, pick up your Bible. Look, there's, there's never been an easier time to study the Bible. Hop on Google's one of the greatest Bible colleges you can visit. YouTube, one of the greatest teachers you can visit. So there's a lot of craziness out there teaching, being taught on YouTube. Yeah, there is, but the Holy Ghost will he'll direct you to the right the right stuff. You know, more ministries. Let me tell you something. COVID turned all of us into, into TV preachers. Just like that. More church. All of a sudden, man, we got a we got a live streaming ministry now, you know. Thanks to COVID. So just reach out and touch your screen. <laughs> I'm just seeing if it feels right, right? <laughs> you know? Oh, I trust in the Word of God. Well, then do it. Do the Word of God. Live the Word of God. Be people of faith. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. You know? There has to be some holy repentance go on, you know. Sometimes there, godly sorrow worketh repentance, the Bible says. In other words, sometimes you got to feel bad for what you've done, you know. There needs to be those times you find yourself in situations that you go, oh, I don't need to be here. You know, well, what is that? That's putting some good works to your faith. There needs to be those times that you say, I don't really want to deal with that person, but you know what? I need to go love on that person. Why? Because you need to put some good work. You need to get back. Part of returning to your first love, you can't return to your first love without also returning to the original works of love. You remember when you first got saved, man, you loved everybody. You know? I remember 10 years old, I had an encounter with God. I was down at an altar after, after service, and man, we just, just gave my heart to the Lord, just weeping, praying, just, oh, Felt so free. Even at 10 years old, I loved everyone. I was loving, man, my Sunday school teacher was down there praying with me. I was hugging on her, hugging on her husband, hugging on this with the, the, big, old, the big old fake Formica tree that they had. You know, y'all remember that in churches? They used to have those big fake Formica trees everywhere. Man, I was hugging on that. It didn't matter. I just wanted to hug on everything. Why? Because that's when you're filled with love, that's what you want to do. And yet we, we put so much emphasis in churches on our programs. We put so much emphasis on our strategies and on our principles and on uh, nothing wrong with being organized nothing wrong with planning we we meet once a week the, the the pastoral staff and we try to plan out make sure we got everything covered all of our bases covered and if there's an issue we got to deal with or a technical problem or whatever we, we all kind of there's nothing wrong with that you, we want to do things with excellence you know this week i will actually sit in on a board meeting that i of, of a ministerial uh, fellowship that i co-chair 
and I love these guys. I love these guys. But there will be a time during the board meeting, and it always happens. I'm a horrible board member, horrible co-chair, because I'll just start glazing over. Because all of a sudden, guys will get into, we're trying to work in our church. We've been praying and talking about the, the specific strategy for 2021. And I just, and then they're, Pastor Dave, what strategy are you guys wanting to go with over at your church? And I'm like, I, you know, th- let me tell you what my, this is the strategy. <laughs> and maybe I'm just too simple in life. Jesus told Peter, he said, hey, who do men say that I am? He said, well, some people say that you're Elijah. Some people say that you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. He said, well, who do you say that I am? He said, well, I, I say you're the son of the living God. And he said, oh, Peter, you're blessed because you didn't hear this from flesh and blood, but the Father himself told you this. And he said, because he called him Peter, he called him Rocky, right? Peter or Petra means rock. He said, Rocky? He said, man, but I'll tell you what, upon this rock, I will build my church. I don't know if God is all that impressed with our attempts. David said that. David, David said, Lord, I'm going to build you a temple. And God, you know, God said, you ain't going to build me nothing. I'm going to build you a kingdom, and I'm going to put a king on the throne that's going to be everlasting from your descendants. He was talking about Jesus. And I think sometimes we become so obsessed with, you know, how are we going to build it? And this church is doing this, and this is the only way we got to do this, and this is the way people respond to this, and all this stuff. And I think God, Jesus is saying, look, I want to build a church. And if you'll get out of my way, I'll build it. So I think Mary, his mom, had the best strategy. You remember at the, at the wedding uh, uh, where, where he did his first miracle in Canaan, and, and they ran out of wine? And so she said, Jesus, they ran out of wine. I need you. And he said, this is not my time, woman. You know, those of you who feel bad because you get frustrated with your mom, Jesus did too, okay? Just, we're, we're all human. He even called her woman. He said, woman, this is not my time. It's not time for me to do miracles. She ignored him, like all good moms, right? <laughs> she ignored him. And she had an incredible strategy for church planning. Mary, the church planner. She looked at all the servants. She said, this is my son, Jesus. Anything he says to do, do it. And then she left. That's my strategy for church planning. And that's how we're going to go here at a gathering church. Whatever he says to do, we're going to do it. And we're going to seek him. And there are going to be times that he'll give us a five-year strategy. Woo, thank you, Jesus. We'll do that. There's going to be days that he's only going to tell us what to do today. All right, we'll do that. And that's how we need to live our life. Nothing wrong with having goals. Nothing wrong with making plans. But at the same time, make him your first love. And whatever he says to do, do it. As simple as that sounds. Hey, it worked for Mary and it worked for a whole wedding. And they said, man, you brought out the best wine. What's going on? So you waited to the end. Titus 3.8 says this. I want you to especially emphasize these truths so that those who believe or have faith in God will be careful to devote themselves to what? Doing good works. It is always beautiful and profitable for believers to do good works. In other words, if you're going to be a believer, and that's what God spoke to us this last year, hey, I'm going to move you guys from believing in me to believing me. If we're going to be believers, what accompanies that? Good works. That means getting out, dropping these bags. Or we're going to need all hands on decks. We got almost 400 bags we got to go drop off throughout the neighborhood 
to welcome people and to love on people. And we're going to be, we're going to be getting that information to you. That means, and I know it's difficult during COVID because, man, we lost part of our personality because we were a, we're, we're a huggy church, man. We're an eating church. We like to eat around here and we like to cook and we like to get together and fellowship. And that's the whole vibe of this neighborhood. And that's what we need to be tapping into. But at the same time, COVID kind of puts a little damper on that. It's a, COVID is a big party pooper. But I'm telling you, we're, we're going to get through this and, and, and we're going to get back to showing people love. And we'll try to figure out how to be creative to do it in, in the meantime. You know, I don't, it's kind of hard to like mouth I love you with a mask on. You know that? It just doesn't, you can't even do the, what do they say, olive juice, you know? If you mouth olive juice, you know? Across the room, it looks like you're saying I love you. You can't even do olive juice with the mask on. You know, that's not fun. But we're going to figure it out. Because why? We want to live out our faith. We've got, it's not just good enough that we come in here and have church and say, woo, we trust in God and all that stuff. We've got to be active out in this community, in the greater community. Uh, Those of you who've been helping Mission Arlington, they've had busted pipes and all that. Thank you. You've been loving on people out in the community, helping Mission Arlington. All that. That's important. Psalm 37.3, check this out. Trust in the Lord. Have faith in God, right? And what? Do good. That's part of it. It's just not, it's not good enough for us just to say, trust God. Trust God. No, trust in the Lord and then go do good. Yeah. You, you want to know how to walk in faith? Believe Him. Trust Him. Yeah. Now get yourself up and go do something good. Go bless somebody. Why? Because it positions you. If, if I believe that Ryan is going to do, if I need Ryan to do something for me, and I trust him, because he said, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it. And if I really trust them, I'm not going to be hanging out pestering them about it, am I? No, it frees me so I can go be a blessing to somebody else. It's an incredible posture. So today I don't want to just tell you to trust God. I want to tell you, trust God and do good. Go find something and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and you'll prosper. We're going to end on this. Jeremiah chapter 17, starting with verse 7. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, right? Who have faith in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So when you trust in God, ultimately, you constantly produce fruit. What is that? That's good works. Why? Because, like I said, the tree doesn't grow fruit so that it can... The tree doesn't get any nutrients from the fruit. Now, there's, there's replication in DNA in the fruit oftentimes. In other words, if you do good works... There's, there's the possibility that those good works are duplicated because if you bless somebody, it sets them free so that they can go be a blessing. You know, the old adage of paying it forward, right? So there is wonderful seed in your good works, but trees don't bear fruit for themselves. They get all their nutrients from where? From the river, from the water in this example. In other words, they get their nutrients from trusting in the Lord plugging into their source. And it's a constant source that allows them to constantly bear fruit. They, trees bear fruit. Matter of fact, trees are just trying to give it away. And if you don't go pick it, they'll drop it on the ground for you. Like, hey, look, you ain't going to climb up here and pick it. Here, let me throw it on the ground. That way, 
us and animals and whoever can come over and, and, and partake of the fruit. In other words, when the fruit of the Spirit that needs to be evidence in your life, and, and who knows, maybe this year we'll, the Lord will let us get into a, a lesson and just explore the fruit of the Spirit, but, but all the wonderful fruit of the Spirit that the Bible talks about is not for you. It's not for you to be blessed. If you are bearing fruit, if the fruit of the Spirit is evident in your life, it's for other people to be blessed by you. That's the only reason why God wants to bless you, so that you can turn around and bless others. Yeah. It's wonderful to be blessed, but it's even more powerful to take that blessing and bless others. Amen? Yeah. That's how you return to your first love. Let everything we do here at Gathering Church, let it be done in love, and let it be done with Him at the center of it. You know, I'm not worried about trying to come up with something and say, God, would you bless this? I want to find out what he's blessing, and I want to do that. Amen. Let's all stand. So enjoy your first love. Hey, when, if, if you fall in love with somebody, you want to hang out with them. So, <laughs> Mark, Mark's like, ooh, she's out of the room. Some, did you all hear what he said? He said, sometimes. <laughs> Whoo. <laughs> and uh, I'll be open for uh, marital counseling uh, here in the coming weeks. <laughs> Amen. Hey, y'all pray for Pastor Day. This is the first week, and it's really by design. Do you realize that yesterday was the first day I woke up since June of 1990 unemployed? And it's by design. It's only for one week, and then I'm on the church payroll come Monday. This coming Monday, right? A week from tomorrow. But whoo, I am unemployed. I don't have a boss this whole week. So I'm going to take it easy a little bit. But then, uh, uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to serve the community full time and, and honored that you guys would allow me to do that. And uh, man, y'all don't turn from your first love. I need you to be captivated by your first love and willing to give. Because, man, my livelihood depends on you guys now. I'm going, I love y'all. I love y'all. I promise I do. But, hey, let's celebrate our first love one more time. We're going to praise him in song one more time. And, man, when you fall in love with your first love, it's, it's even better than when you fall in love with your spouse or whoever. Because, man, he has a way of taking your breath away. You ever done that? You ever, like, you know, you ever looked, at, looked at somebody and just had, the, had your breath taken away? Hopefully it was not because of their breath. But, but, but hopefully it was because of the love that you feel for them. And, but, but yet that's how it is with the Lord. Sometimes you look at his wonder and his goodness, and man, your breath just, gets, just, just escapes you. Amen. So let's worship him one last time. Amen. And when I, I mean worship him, cut loose and have fun and celebrate in his, his name. It's warm outside. That's worth praising him for. Amen. Let's all give Jesus a hand clap of appreciation.